I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to Sports Beat After Hours. We are back with part two of this two-part episode. I am your host, Hemahemuli Jr. I'm joined by the always safe, gloved, and disinfected Zach Hicken. Yes, I was disinfected. Uh, I went into the sterilization chamber before entering the studio today. Um <laughs> Perfect health. Perfect health. Perfect health. Um, in case you guys don't know what that's in reference to, <laughs> there's this comedian on Twitter um, named J.L. Coven, and he does the best impression of President Trump so I have ever seen. Good. Um, in fact, him and uh, Sarah Cooper, she's she's the TikToker um, that like does like the mouthing stuff with like just so much creativity. Yeah. It's like they are both so funny. Like yeah. they have like made quarantine um very amusing just from like the Absolutely. the parodies that they're able to do um of the of POTUS. Yeah. Uh, let me just say that we are not the target demographic of TikTok obviously. No. But I don't even have TikTok, but like I still see her videos. But dude, these guys, like if you're tired of like seeing teens dancing to stupid songs, yeah. <laughs> look up some of these comedians. Didn't even notice. Dude, they're <laughs> these guys are hilarious. Yeah. And uh that if you need a laugh and a good fall, those are good accounts to follow. I think that's something that we're starting to see with like TikTok is like there's actually some creativity involved. Like that's what yeah. I liked about Vine. Is yeah. like buying snippets in six seconds, you got some crazy creative videos that were heavily edited. And, you know, like TikTok, the cool thing about it, yeah, sure, you can play like whatever music you want, but like, um, like I feel like it kind of lost that creativity. Like all of it's just like the same thing. Like right. people doing Renegade or Doja Cat <laughs> yeah. or like whatever. Like, yes. And so it's just so repetitive. Like everyone's just copying, um, what's her uh, what's the, the one girl? It's like Demilio. Yeah, the Demilio sisters. Yeah, people. Whatever. Everyone's just copying those two chicks, and so it's refreshing to see um, some creativity used rather than just everyone just regurgitating the same content. Yeah, for sure. Um, but 
speaking of originals, I don't know if this is original. I don't know. I don't know. This is a transition. I'm trying to make it work. Let's go. We're rusty. Uh, but you know what? Who else is going to be rusty? <laughs> Are all the NBA teams when they get back out on the court later this yeah. week? Yeah. First game tips off six o'clock Mountain Time. It's the Jazz and the Pelicans. Um, now, at the time of this recording, we aren't sure exactly uh, what is going to happen with the status of Zion Williamson after leaving the bubble, attending to an urgent family matter. Um, Great TV show, by the way. Family Matters. Yeah, Family Matters. <laughs> Great TV show. Um, but we, what we want to talk about, we talked about this for like a snippet last week. Is this title going to have an asterisk on it for whoever ends up as the NBA champion? Mm. What do you think, Emma? It will have an asterisk, but I don't think it should matter. Like, no. Whoever wins, most likely the Lakers, <laughs> they. they it, it won't matter. In fact, I think it's even better that this asterisk would be on the title. The 2020 right. title will be insane because it's kind of like like we talked about earlier in this podcast or last week. It's the NBA Hunger Games, dude. Yeah. This is, this is like the craziest contest that anyone's ever been in yeah. NBA-wise. And so I think – I think that would be a mark of honor is the, the asterisk that ends up on the 2020 winner's uh, yeah. name. So I here's my opinion on it. Because we played, I think, close to 70% of the season, we kind of knew the storylines that had happened. Yeah. Like Things have played out significantly enough that like we have a pretty good idea of like who's going to end up at what seed. Obviously, there's still... Um, some infighting, some play-ins for who's going to end up in those bottom seeds, but like we have a pretty good of a idea of like who everyone is. Yeah. Now, if this were like at the beginning of the season, and they're playing a forty-game schedule, and then a condensed playoffs, and not everyone's able to be involved, like if it's still twenty-two teams instead of full thirty, yeah. Like everyone, it has the exact same conditions that they're playing in. Everyone's gone through the exact same. Time away from the court. Yeah. Um, I feel like um, it doesn't have an asterisk. Like, mm. that, that's just my yeah. opinion. Like, I no, feel I like everyone's gone through the exact same thing. Like, the NBA season has, like, basically played out. Like, this is no different than, like, a lockout season. Okay. And, like, I know some of those seasons, like, sure, okay. they do have an asterisk by yeah. them. But I don't think that they should because everyone's playing by like, the same rules. And there's enough games. Like, I feel like once you get to the point of, like, having at least 75% of your games played, yeah. then it doesn't matter anymore. Oh, oh sorry. Go oh, ahead. anyway, I was going to say, it's like, it's a different situation for baseball where they're only mm. playing 60 games, which is, like, a third of what they – well, I guess it's a little more than a third of, like, what they would normally play. Yeah. Um, But, like – if something happens in baseball, like if someone hits 400, mm-hmm. like I feel like that shouldn't count because that's only a 60 game sample. Like someone yeah. can get really hot and bat, you know, 550 <laughs> for 40 games and then end up batting 200 for the rest of the season. And that ends up, well, I guess it would yeah. be a little bit more, but like 250, whatever ends up being more than 400. Yeah. That shouldn't count. That's not the same as playing 162 games. I get that. I think sample size does matter. But let me hit you with this scenario. Okay. I think the NBA season, I think you're right about the asterisks. Like it should be treated as any other championship season. But the asterisks should signify that. Okay. So here's here's the scenario, right? We played a lot of the the season already. Mm -hmm. We've gone through that grind. We've gone the length of that of that stretch, right? We made it past the all-star game. 
it's like on in Pokemon when you're <laughs> when you're playing the um, gym leader, yeah, and you're about to kill the guy's last Pokemon, and then he uses like super potion and like yeah. brings them all the way back. Yeah. We've got teams. That's the worst. We've got teams that are like that, right? We're right. like, oh, cool. We don't have to face Steph Curry and the Warriors, but like now he's back. You yeah, know? and then like other teams with other players, like you know, KD might. Well, so they're I mean, that's not going example, to, but there was but, an opportunity. There was a prospect yeah. that him and Kyrie could have came back. But yeah, that's or like, uh, is Nurkic there? Um, I think he is. is. He okay? So that's a good example, right? Yeah, like the Trailblazers, they didn't have him for most of the season. Mm-hmm. The West has gone through the grind of a long season, and then oh, super heel, he's back, and right. now you got to face the Blazers with Nurkic. Yeah. Like that's a that's a. I think that's what the asterisk should be. It should be this season is so crazy that you go through almost an entire season already. Right. You get seeded for playoffs, but then you have to – there's so much time has passed that you play players that have healed. So here's something that's crazy. From the time that they last played a game, that's the same amount – or I think more time has transpired since they last played a game than from when the NBA season tipped off to when it ended. Oh, okay. If I remember right. I could be wrong on that. Okay. I heard that somewhere. But anyway, that's a lot. Pretty interesting, yeah. Yeah, it's a long, long time. Um, one thing. So here's the only way that I would personally count it as an asterisk is if there's some sort of outbreak that like completely like wipes out a team. Like if the Bucks yeah. have an outbreak in round two of the playoffs, and all of a sudden like Giannis can't play, and then they end up getting beat out of the playoffs. Uh huh. That would be an asterisk right. situation, in my opinion. Um, especially like. You know, if they were like up like three one on like the seventy sixers, and the seventy sixers end up going to the finals or yeah. something, or the Celtics, you know, a team like that. Or so that's like, so that's like a that's like a Houston Astros asterisk, right? Like yeah. that's a, like a asterisk where it's like, oh yeah, doesn't count. Yeah, yeah. The Astros really should have had their World Series championship taken away. Can they still though? Uh, Rob Manfred sucks, so no. Oh, okay. Like Rob Manfred's like, oh, it's just a piece of metal. Wow. Yeah. The commissioner of baseball said that the World <laughs> Series trophy is just a piece of metal. Yeah. So he can't take it away from them. Also, no one knows Great what he's thinking about. Because like, he says the season's on, then he says it's off, then it's on. And yeah, he's it's the worst commissioner in sports. Terrible. He, he found a way to pass up Roger Goodell. <laughs> like, I mean, here's the thing. Like, Roger Goodell, like, at least... Now we're going to get a little bit political, but like yeah. Roger Goodell at least backed up his players when they called him to action and they asked for support if they mm. were to kneel for the national anthem. They asked for support from the league uh, for the Black Lives Matter movement. Radio silence from baseball. Yeah. And I get that baseball is like not um, as uh, diverse of a sport as uh-huh. like the NBA or the NFL. Yeah. But like when you're seeing NASCAR backing up their lone black driver, they have one black athlete in right. NASCAR, and they have gone all in on him. They have completely um, like uh, separated themselves from the part of their fan base that has been True. stereotyped and um, like has kind of led to uh, has created a bad reputation for NASCAR fans. Yeah, and they've kind of opened things up for themselves a little bit with that and like for like some new fans like watching nascar yeah because of their support of bubble wallace with everything that's gone on but then you see what's happening with baseball and it's just been i mean the last four months couldn't have gone worse for baseball dude we i mean i we talked about this before like just amongst ourselves like yeah baseball should have owned the summer oh for sure like they can't figure out anything with the cba yeah they're in fighting about it and like i'm a huge baseball fan yeah 
I'm like, and part of it, like, I really wasn't excited after like what the Red Sox did this off season. <laughs> yeah. Um, but like, I really like, yeah, baseball's gonna be back. I'll probably watch the first couple of games, but I'm really not gonna pay much attention to it. Like, mm. I'll probably like check in once again once the playoffs start. But like, I'm really not all that excited. Yeah, that's kind of a bummer. Oh yeah. They had so much potential and they just kind of blew it. Yeah. But well, like there was a huge opportunity for baseball to like kind of regain cuz I feel like and this is an argument I've had with Sam Farnsworth. I feel like up until up through the like the aughts, like baseball was the number 2 sport in the US. Yeah. Um and now it's been passed by the NBA. I'd say it's like goes NFL, NBA, MLB, um, and then like the NHL and MLS, like both have like their niche pockets. Right. Um, I I feel like the MLS is growing a lot to like casual sports fans mm-hmm. and could potentially pass up the NHL and MLB permanently, but like the MLB is like really really hurting. Yeah. And I feel like what happened really hurt because they lost a lot of dedicated fans. Yeah. Um, and they just kind of put their players like in a really bad situation with. You know, with the negotiations and basically like forcing them to go back to work in like mm. not perfect conditions, you know? Yeah, I agree. And I think it's their biggest disservice, I feel like, was they didn't, they just, you just gotta let your, let your guys play, right? Like yeah. it's the game. Like the game is what people loved, right? Mm-hmm. And every once in a while, interest comes and goes depending on the situation where like, you know, you have, you know, Sosa McGuire, you know, and right. then, like all the eyes get onto the sport and stuff like that. But that only happened because they just let them play. You you mm-hmm. let the game go. And uh, they've kind of been stop and start this this season. And I like understandably, but they couldn't just figure it out just to let yeah. them play. Like as America's pastime, like baseball has been part of like so many healing moments for our country true like you think about like the depression like well you have like um the bronx bombers and like those yankees teams in the 20s and 30s that were just all-time greats and then you think about like when um the veterans came back from world war ii yeah like they came back and baseball just boomed in popularity that was like when it was like at an all-time high and you have players like joe dimaggio and uh, uh ted williams like yeah, they were able to carry for you know like all the way into the '60s, and then um, you started to see like the incorporation of like black players coming in, mm-hmm. and like they were all time greats, and you know home record home run records being broken, um, you know Hank Aaron and uh, like everything that happened, and then you kind of saw a little bit of a dip in the '90s, like where right. basketball just took off because of Michael Jordan, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden like. Like you said, Sammy Sosa, Mark McGuire, 9-11 happens. And, like, the first, like, major sporting event yeah. after 9-11 was um, baseball. Bush and you have, like, the image of, like, George Bush, yeah, throwing yeah. out that first pitch. You have the Yankees in the World Series that year. Mm-hmm. Like, it was very healing for our country. Or, like, even look at just individual cities that have had tragedies happen. Yeah. Um, you look at uh, Boston in 2013. They right. have the the bombing at the Boston Marathon. They win the World Series that year. Mm-hmm. Um, you look at what happened uh, in Houston the year that the hurricane hit really bad. That's right. And I they won the championship that. that year. Um, 
And so just like all like there's been so many instances of like baseball, like kind of like uniting and like rallying communities even after like some sort of like devastating event. Well, even like so I think we can agree that like these times are very political. Right. And Mm -hmm. um, there's nothing we can really do about that. But like in the 70s, there it was a very political time, too. But there's that clip of um, is his name Monday? The guy that saved the flag from getting burnt on the field. Do you oh, remember that? Oh, yeah. I don't remember his name, but yeah, I remember. It's something like, uh, yeah. I, it's like, it's a day of the week. I don't remember yeah. his name. But um, yeah, like the, I can still see, and I'm not a baseball guy, right? Like I watch it from time to time. I know some of it. Mm-hmm. But like, I can still see the image of him like scooping up the American flag. And it was kind of like a powerful thing yeah. at the time. Yeah. And um, it still can be now if you think about it, but it's, yeah, baseball's kind of been central to uh, a United American kind of feeling, right? Mm-hmm. And like you said, it's partly because it's like America's pastime, but also because it's so accessible, like so many different cultures play. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, they had that opportunity to do that this year. Didn't really. They crapped out. bad. Yeah. Yeah. And so I feel like everyone's been looking, like baseball's coming back a whole week before the NBA. Mm-hmm. I'm still looking forward to the NBA more than I am baseball. That's like true. I'm like counting down the days until July 30th. Whereas with like MLB, like I could give a rats when the 23rd <laughs> passes, you know? Yeah. So yeah, it's just been, it's been super interesting to see that transpire. Like for me as a baseball fan, like for other baseball fans too, you know? Yeah. For sure. Um, but yeah. Uh, but let's take a quick break. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Hema, um, you had a chance um, while you were in Colorado to sit down with your dad, mm-hmm. BYU legend Lakahe Muli. Yeah, it was so nice to just hang out with my mom and my dad again, and they got to see their grandkids, which I know they, they miss them a lot. So um, in this recording, it's me and my dad talking about the 1984 team and um, what he remembers most about that squad. But like I said, they're excited to have their grandkids back in their home. And so you're going to hear my kids screaming and making noises in the background. So please excuse me. But I hope you enjoy uh, this clip of the conversation I got to have with my dad. That was such a good team, the 84 team. Yeah. Like, things just worked out perfect. Our linebackers were pretty solid. That was like Kirk right? We had Leon White, Kirk Covell on the outside. We had Kyle Morrell as a safety. Oh yeah. Jeff Sprout was. Jeff Sprout? He was really. A, he was a corner. See, that's a name that I don't. Yeah. Hear that 
He got into it with uh, Glenn Kowalski. Oh, really? Yeah. In practice? He was a JC transfer, too. Oh, okay. He came in, and then they run around, and all of a sudden, they were going <laughs> at it. Because he had a go head to head. Oh, yeah. yeah. Glenn was fiery. Yeah. We had a lot of a lot of good players. Yeah. We have Heyman. Heyman was uh, strong safety, you know, free safety. And then we had Will Cox, number fourteen. Oh was, yeah. He was a. Uh, I think it was the other corner. But they were just solid. Yeah. The thing with that team that I remember is the most was, uh, you know how like we turn the ball over quite a bit. Yeah. You know, I mean. We'll turn it over and then we'll come out. You know, everybody, you know, a lot of teams will go, oh, frick, again, again. Yeah. It wasn't like that. Yeah. If we turn the ball over, as we run to the sideline, the defense coming in, they said, don't worry, we'll get it back. Wow. And, and they'll get it back. Yes. You know, they'll get it back. And there's some games that, I mean, if you watch the score, we, uh, I, I ended up sitting on the sideline the whole yeah. half. I think Baylor is one of them. Because uh-huh. we scored, the defense was we'll score or you know we'll get a ball back on the, on the other side yeah and then we'll score and after that next thing you know uh you're done today because <laughs> <laughs> no, they score so yeah, much yeah, no I was, I was thinking wait a minute yeah. if i would just run stay in and run those in you know the second half of some of those games nobody can touch my record yeah. right <laughs> <laughs> i was so mad so but then funny. but then you know, <laughs> These guys. he goes, yeah, if you would have just wretched like they asked you to. Here's the thing, though, like, because, so Mitch Harper, he's one of my coworkers, yeah, yeah. really good friend of mine. He's our BYU insider. He's oh, yeah, a BYU yeah. uh-huh. And he tells me all the time, he's like, dude, that the thing, you look at all the top, you know, 10 rushing leaders at BYU, uh-huh. and he's like, the only one that's different is your dad, because... He played at a time where they hardly ran the ball. He's right. like, that was that was the offensive, the air attack. Yeah. Like, that's the yeah. difference. Because I mean, you look at like Luke Staley or you know, Jamal Williams, oh, Jamal yeah. Willis, even. They like, were running the ball. They're all running, running yeah. offensive. Right? Yeah. And um, so it's yeah, that's that's what he tells me all the time. Mitch was like, yeah, your dad was so good. He's he's yeah. up there, but he's the only one that's different because his team was the. Air raid offense. Did, did I ever tell you the story why how how uh, how we ended up uh, when when we first came to BYU? I came in with Tom Tupolotu, you know, yeah. Casey Tupolotu was already as a fullback. So they were trying to figure out where to put us, right? Right. And because uh, well, they had so many running backs, good running backs, you know, we got Violet and back. Bruce Hansen was was back. And and then I was talking to uh, Lance, and Lance goes, you know. It's up to you, but I know you want to you want to play halfback. But you know we have so many halfbacks. But I, I tell you what, though, he said he said, he said fullbacks really in this offense right now carry the ball a lot more. <laughs> you know. Yeah. And then uh, and I said, yeah, I know, but you guys run the draw a lot, you know. And there's no no plays. He said, no, we do have plays for the fullback. Okay. But we just didn't have anybody that can run, you know, that, those kind of plays, you know. Because we have so many different formations. Yeah. We go from a split to eye to to blue, brown, where you, you know, one side, the other one, or, yeah. or go one set back. We have a lot of formation. And then uh, he goes, yeah, just think about it. Then I went, I went home, I was thinking about it. Said, okay. But then 
another thing that I was I was thinking said that I was, I said it's a fullback. You know, I got to learn how to block, right? Right. And then I said, okay, the more I stay in there, the more plays they're gonna have to give me because, right? Because the more you know, they, they have to kind of. So I, I said, okay, from now on, I'm gonna learn how to block. You know, catching the ball was okay. I was okay. Uh-huh. So I, I said, okay, in order for me to stay in, I gotta catch the ball, I gotta block good, and then I gotta run the ball. Yeah. So I, next day I go, I'll play football. And he was right because Casey Tiamalo was running ball a lot more than than you know the, the tailback at the time, the halfback was Probably going out routes. Yeah. You know, like Vine. Vine. yeah. But he was saying, yeah, just think about it. Yeah. And then I go, yeah, but, you know, everybody knows that you're going to run the door. He said, yeah, but but we have other other plays that we can put in. So, yeah. That's we had, we And then we start running, you know, because I stay there all the time. Uh-huh. Then we start running the blunt. The, the blunt is the, the play that the, I ran against Utah that I took off for 83 yards. Oh, okay. It's well, it, it's straight uphill, wasn't it? Yeah. It, well, it all depends on 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 uh, on how the, the linebackers in oh, the flow. Right. Okay. When you come out, I have two, uh, I have two options: either middle this or, or bounce it outside. Okay. We ran that play because we were trying to kill the clock. Right. You know, because we were going back and forth, back and forth, and then Tucker was just, you know, we couldn't stop him on the, on the punt and stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. We run the the, the blunt, uh-huh. you know, and then I just came out and I bounced it out. I came out and bounced it out. And then I think the linebacker, if you look at the film, the middle linebacker, and then I get on that, they call it again, you know, I go, I go 10, 15, yeah. or, or, and then as soon as we got the ball back, they called that play again, you know. I came out and then I was just about to go outside and then I see the linebacker just Went outside, <laughs> and then the middle was wide, <laughs> and it looks like a dive, but really yeah. because, and then I just you know because it was snow and slick, right? And then I just <laughs> it's really nice. so I because I remember you going up the middle, but that yeah. play is designed to go. So you, once you go through, you can either bounce it out, yeah. You middle, you know, there's three, there's three lane, you know, that off the or outside. Okay. Because usually sometimes we run that to the we run that play to the uh, to the weak side and then the tailback will seal in and then I will bounce it out. Oh. It all depends on how they play, you know. Because I watch a lot of film and stuff on the, and the way they even the even the draw trap. You're supposed to be right up the middle, but if you look at the draw trap, a lot, a lot of times I'll just bounce it, it out. Yeah. yeah. I, that's interesting. That's cool about the Utah play though, because that's. One of the plays uh-huh. that people remember the most yeah. is, the, yeah. is that play against Utah. Yeah, it was cool to hear from your dad. I know like you have so much of his memorabilia around the office, and it's cool to kind yeah. of hear like, from his mouth um, like what those experiences were like. Because like, you obviously tell them to me all the time. Yeah. But it's cool to hear it like first party, <laughs> um, like first-hand accounts about that. So, like, dude, you should... Um, you should like write a book about like your dad's career, like even if it's just like something for your family. For sure, that's like, a great idea. Cool. Actually, uh, like I've consciously tried to. Um, so, so this is kind of like it's another side story about my dad. I'm not going to go into a real story. It's just like everywhere I go across the nation, I'll like meet people that are either in sports or like 
they're Polynesian or whatever. And they, everyone has a story about my dad of some sort or That's like cool. that era. And like, I've been consciously trying to film all of this stuff, um, record it for my children and stuff. Uh, but you're right. I think I should write something, um, like, I don't know, a book or at least a blog yeah. <laughs> about like the stories that my like dad just told. something for like, um, like if you got your dad's help with it and you could like write something, even if it's just for your family. Yeah. Cause like, you know, being a Polynesian football player at BYU in the eighties, like it's such a unique time. Like he kind of like helped was one of those first players that like helped establish that poly pipeline. Yeah. Um, that like is still, you know, to a degree being fed, you know, not quite the, the fire hose that it used to be, but like mm-hmm. it's still there. And Kalani's continued, um, that tradition that BYU has, um, of being tied to the Polynesian culture. So yeah, yeah. I think that'd be pretty cool. Like I, That's a great idea. so like I have a, a grandpa who, um, he's still alive. He will be 101 years old this year. Oh, he fought in world war two. He was a pilot. Dang. And like, I would love to sit down with him and like hear all his stories. And I know that'd like, be cool. um, they've been passed down orally through like, Right. Um, his kids, like the grandkids and the great grandkids and the great, great grandkids. Yes. He has great, great grandkids. <laughs> like, um, it's crazy. Like just his descendants, I think are like up in the one fifties or something. Wow. Like that. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. So it's pretty crazy. Yeah. Um, he, he is, uh, quite the legacy, but I would love to have something like that because like if it's not written down, like, you know, those stories to a degree can be lost or like not completely remembered. Yeah. Um, so it'd be cool to have those written down. I'm sure I have a cousin, like a cousin or an aunt or uncle who has done that to some degree, but like, it'd be cool to like get the whole yeah story, you Add know, onto it. Like that's those kinds of things. So like my, my grandpa, he passed away in 2017 and like, I still have stuff of his and like books and things like that records that I have of his that, I treasure and like I read all the time or yeah. like I look at and it's, yeah, I think it's definitely something that, um, you'll, you'll treasure uh, uh, and your children will treasure Yeah, like his great, great, great grandchildren or whatever. Right. right. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. Um, but, um, speaking of legacies, one of the best things I watched in quarantine okay. was Hamilton. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So it's like the uh, stage adaption of the autobiography of Alexander Hamilton. Obviously, everyone who's listening, you unless you've been living in Iraq, <laughs> um, you should know what Hamilton is. It just came out right. on Disney Plus on July 3rd. Um, it was released like over a full year uh, ahead of like its original release date. It was sometime in yeah. 2021. Um, they did this because of like the whole pandemic that's going on. But, um, dude, let, let's talk about this because yeah. I saw it too for the first time. So I have, um, I've wanted to see it for a long time. It was coming to Salt Lake, I believe this year. And I was going to buy mm-hmm. my wife tickets when they went on sale and we were going to go see. Yeah. Um, so I went to, uh, have you ever been to a Broadway play? I've been to two. Okay. Ever. Okay. And one, one in New York. Okay. So. I was never like really much of like a musical guy. Like I enjoy like movies that are musicals, like yeah, um, like Newsies or something. Yeah, have I ever told you my Newsies story? No. <laughs> oh, okay. So this is okay. pretty, this is quick. Okay. My best friend growing up, they were only allowed to watch 
two things on Sundays. Okay. Um, and it was like the, the scripture, the cartoon, the scripture cartoons. Okay. What are those called? Live, uh, living, living scriptures. scriptures. So they could watch living scriptures or newsies. So I thought for Wait, years that newsies not, was not like musicals. An, newsies. Just newsies. I thought <laughs> newsies was a, like a, an LDS movie for a oh, long time. Oh, that's funny. Until I, like I saw it. it when I was like 17. Okay. Anyway. So, um, I like was never like really much like a musical guy. Uh huh. Um, like I, like I enjoyed like hairspray, like I thought it was fine, but like <laughs> I, I wasn't going out of my way to like go and watch right. musicals anyway. Um, in 2015 for my, or 2016 for my wife and I's anniversary, we went to New York and my wife wanted to go see wicked on Broadway and oh. we got like really good seats. Like we were on wow. the second or third row. Okay. Were they like super expensive? Uh, they weren't too bad cause they have this thing called TKTS in, um, New York okay. tickets and it's like this little kiosk where you can buy like discount tickets. And so mm. we bought them through okay. that. And so they're only like uh, like 40% off or something. Oh, wow. Yeah. So you can get like pretty good like tickets like day of. But like it's usually not the most popular place. So like at the time, like the most popular things were like Lion King and Hamilton. Okay. And I think the Book of Mormon musical, like you can't get those. Right. That, that's surprising that Lion King was so still... So I think Lion King was like only like a year or two old at that time. Wait, what year is this? 2016. No, it's been, I'm pretty know. sure it's been. That anyway, long. it was one of the most popular things. It was hard to get tickets at that time to yeah. Lion King. Um, and so we went and saw uh, Wicked and I was just blown away. I was like, this is amazing. Like, how do you, okay. How do you listen to the music of Wicked beforehand? Yeah. So I had listened to popular cause I had a teacher in sixth grade. His name was Mr. Thomas. Uh-huh. He saw it on Broadway that year that was 2006 with the original cast i believe and he was like obsessed with the music and like when we were like doing like busy work in class he would play the uh he would play the music for us in class yeah okay. so i was familiar okay. with it but like um just seeing it adapted to a screen or to like the stage is amazing yeah so um i after that we um Ended up seeing two more musicals. The that, we were in New what, York that for, trip. Yeah, we okay. were in New York for I think eleven days, and we saw three Holy musicals. In what our else time did you there. see? Um, we saw Phantom. Okay, um, and I was like completely unfamiliar with like that story. I had never seen it, and then we saw Jersey Boys because I really loved oh, that yeah. movie. Um, okay, and so that was like my pick. So cool. my wife picked uh, Wicked and um, Phantom. I picked Jersey Boys. Gotcha. And so since then. Um, like I've just had an affinity for musicals. Like, yeah, I love La La Land. Um, like I've I've grown to love it. Um, I really enjoy them now. I listen to like a lot of like um, m- musicals that I've seen. I listen to the music afterward. Gotcha. Um, so like example, like ex- again, La La Land. I really um like like the Greatest Showman. Who didn't? You like everyone right. loved the soundtrack. Yeah. And so I was really looking forward to Hamilton, and man, blew me away. Interesting. Like I would pay full price for tickets. Yeah. To go and see it. Like no matter like what city. Like definitely like once it hits Salt Lake, like I don't care how much tickets are. Yeah. Like I don't have to care if I have to get a second mortgage on my house. Like I'm going to go see it because like I was blown away. It was so good. Like man, like Leslie Odom. Yeah. That dude is legit. That's Aaron Burr, sir. Yeah. Yeah. He is legit. He was probably, okay. He was probably my, my favorite, uh, let me word this carefully. He was my favorite character. He was my favorite singer 
and character. I don't know if that makes sense. We'll, we'll explain later when we're talking about yeah. the people that we liked. Anyways. So I, yeah, I, I really liked him. Like he came away from me. Like I was like, this is like the most talented guy yeah. on here. Now I personally, my favorite piece was Jonathan Groff. Yes. Um, he's King George. Yes. Like he's just so like comedic relief that he provides. And like, he's a very talented singer. I didn't know this. He is, um, uh, Sven. Yeah. <laughs> Right? Is it Sven? Sven? Yeah. yeah. On uh on Frozen. Frozen. Yeah. So um what's the really talented. what's the reindeer's name? Uh the reindeer's name is um That's Sven. Wait. No, no, you're right. Um Sven is the um reindeer and the guy. So there's Olaf is... who's the snowman. Kristoff. That's Kristoff. So there we go. He's Kristoff. Wow. Yeah. Um, you would think that we haven't been locked up with our children for the last four <laughs> months watching Frozen on repeat. Oh, my goodness. Okay. So, you know, I think you're absolutely right. I 100% agree. Um, not saying that Groff – I'm not saying that he's not talented, right? Um, I'm just – like his – he sings by himself for all of his numbers, right? Right. And he's so like, all okay. alone on the stage. Yeah. You know, the, his songs are funny. They're great. Um, but like you were saying, like Odom's just like, what's his f- whole full name again? Leslie Odom Leslie Jr. Odom. He's just like, he's, he's so talented. Like so how he, he was like, he was the presence. Like he was the focus on the stage, even though he's the antagonist in the play. Yes. And he's, but he's got to, he's got to sing. He's got to rap. He's got to dance. And he's a, a main character, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Lynn Manuel Miranda, genius because he writes all the music or whatever, mm-hmm. but he has the worst voice out of everyone on the cast. It's fair enough. It's uh, it was a grind to listen to. Yeah, <laughs> when he had to sing. Yeah, right? he can rap. I think he's he's a good rapper as as far as a musician. And he's goes. obviously brilliant. Like we're not taking right. away you know yeah, anything else exactly. that he's done, but like. You know, string. No one can be perfect at everything, right? And, and there's so many, you know, so many other characters that are great, and the actresses and actors are fantastic. But yeah, anyways, go ahead. Yeah, well, I was gonna say, so it's surprising to me, like Jonathan Groff has become like he's a legit star. Like yeah, he has his own sure. show on Netflix. Um, like I'm surprised to see Leslie Odom Jr. Has like his career hasn't taken off in the same way, if that makes sense. Just because he yeah. was such a a significant presence in Hamilton, right? Um, so like the biggest thing I would say that he was on was like Murder on the Orient Express, um, was like movie wise. Wait, okay, sorry, I've seen that. I saw it just recently, and I can't remember which guy he is. Yeah, so he is Doctor Arbuthnot. Okay, Arbuthnot. He's also um. He has a credit in the Many Saints of Newark. I don't know what, uh, what role he's going to play in that. That's the uh, that's the Sopranos prequel movie oh. that's coming out on HBO. Um, but yeah, it's going to be interesting to see, um, like what his career holds for him because I think he's extremely talented. Really like talented. he has a, like a lot of like single episode like gotcha. Um, appearances in like shows like Gilmore Girls, Grey's Anatomy, Supernatural, mm. but like okay. I feel like he's a guy that could like carry a show. Gotcha. And 
And he kind that. of did in Ham, like yeah. honestly, because he's like the narrator slash the narrator True. for most of it. Yeah, I agree. With so you. I think that's probably the absolute like best thing I've seen in quarantine. But like, what else have you seen in quarantine that you've really enjoyed? Oh man, that's a good question. So and it could be like movies, TV shows, anything. Okay, so YouTube I've kind videos. of videos. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, so everything's kind of a blur with the internet because I kind of just look at everything that's on the internet. But if I was going to say like traditionally something I sit down and watch, um, I've kind of been getting into like a lot of trash TV. Okay. And like one of the shows that I've been into is uh, 90 Day Fiance. <laughs> <laughs> so let me explain myself. Okay? okay. Before I get crucified here. No, it's, it's, it is trash television, right? It's reality TV. It's got an absurd premise where you basically follow people that are getting their green cards or, you know, whatever. They're trying to work out how they're going to be. They have 90 days to to um, to work out their relationships or whatever so that the one of the partners who's not from the U.S. Um, can stay in the U.S. And then they kind of follow up after but what got me into the show was there's like one of the first seasons. There's like this Samoan guy who's straight from Samoa, so we call him fresh off the boat, dude. And he's okay. like got a funny accent, and like his fiance, who's from the states, was like, um, you know, saying like you, I I don't understand why like you don't. Uh, she's like kind of digging into him or whatever and she's talking so fast because she's stressed and she's using all this like complicated American language and stuff like that and he goes <laughs> he goes why you use so much expensive words <laughs> speak simply and it's just like I died I saw that clip and I'm like I have to see this guy's season so I, that's what got me hooked into the okay. show and Oh, it's so funny. And like some of the things they do are just so stupid. Like it follows a bunch of different couples and um, they're trying to figure out how things work. And like, I don't know. It's just so fascinating. Like coming from somebody who's like a first generation American and like, you know, you're you're probably right too. Yeah. Yeah. You're an immigrant. It's just like the cultural differences. Yeah. It's fascinating. So if you're really into other cultures and like the drama of like, like, how things how you make things work in different cultures i think you'd like that show but so um i didn't know that's what the premise was yeah i'm kind of interested because it is interesting right going through the green card process man it is so crazy like you go in and they like ask you like you know like what color is your wife's toothbrush what color what side of the bed does she sleep on like and these are questions they've asked you right yeah so we when we first went through our process um it was actually kind of interesting because they um, like call this in and this was to get my temporary resident card. So, um, when you, when you apply for a green card, you have to get like what's called like a temporary resident card when you're getting it through marriage. Um, cause they want to make sure that, like this isn't like a scam. Right. So you get a card that lasts for two years. And the first time we went in for like our, um, uh, like our meeting, like we got called in for a meeting basically to provide bona fides which is like our proof that like we're legitimately married. And so like the first thing that we like showed the person uh-huh. was a picture of me and my wife at sophomore prom. <laughs> and she's like, oh, stamp. Like, oh, you're that was, yeah, oh, nice. like it was actually pretty easy, but like, is um, it typically pretty difficult for like other people? Yeah. Like basically like we had like a lawyer at the time and she like kind of like 
prepped us on like what to expect like question wise gotcha um but like we just showed like pictures like me and my wife went to prom every year that we we're in high school together yeah we dated all through high school like we started dating when we were freshmen in high school and so like we basically just showed all these pictures and like we basically got approved and so That's it was cool. that was very easy but like you know like she kind of did ask like a couple questions like to make sure yeah you know that we weren't just like <laughs> friends or something that like got married and she was just helping me out but um yeah and then the second time um my wife was pregnant at the time when we had to renew and get what what is a 10-year visa which is a, like an actual green card so when we were renewing they asked for like bona fides so i got like a letter from like uh my ecclesiastical leader okay um i got a couple letters from like some good friends um and then i uh also sent in um an ultrasound because <laughs> my wife was pregnant at the time and so uh they approved it after they got the ultrasound <laughs> yeah that's cool yeah so that's interesting we, kind of lucked out with like having some good bona fides because like yeah. some people like even though they're like legitimately married like you know for one happenstance or another like right. it doesn't benefit them like right. they they can't prove it and so it doesn't really like they have to go through some uh hurdles but yeah it's That's interesting interesting um man what else what have i watched uh, so you've been i think you've You've been rewatching a lot of stuff, though. Yeah, I've been like rewatching The Office. Um, I'm always rewatching The Office. Uh, I, you know, like, so I know I mentioned like in the last episode, like I finished my basement. Like, I didn't have like a lot of time to like go through and like watch like a lot of like newer stuff. So like I'm kind of right. catching up now. <laughs> so I just watched Ozark. Um, I think mm. this was like one of the better seasons. Okay. I liked season three. Like, I'd probably rank it like season three, season one, season two. Wow. Um, I also just watched Killing Eve, which is a really fun show. It's on Hulu. It's through BBC America. Okay. Um, it's about an MI6 agent played by Sandra Oh. She was on Grey's mm. Anatomy. Yeah. Um, and she is, like, hunting a serial killer. Okay. And so, um, and, like, the serial killer, like, falls in love with her. And so it's kind of like, it's a pretty interesting story. Cool. Um, what else? I finally caught up on Shit's Creek. Right. Um, super popular Netflix show. Um, I really liked Onward, the Pixar movie. Oh, yeah. I forgot that came out. Yeah, that came out during quarantine. Was that like the last really released movie? Yeah. And that so it like came out. It like came out in theaters. And then because like they knew that like they couldn't like re release it, they brought it out on disney plus yeah which was a smart move because yeah. i think i feel like most people got their watches on disney plus right oh yeah because a lot of people were like getting disney plus because the mandalorian was out and then they forgot they had it and then yeah <laughs> and then like well like my thing out. was i really wanted to see it um and all of a sudden like so the week it came out i was down in las vegas and i was just gonna go see it one night because they had like a movie theater in the casino that we we're staying at mm-hmm. um and so I was going to go see it one night and then I was just like, mm, like, I'd really like to see this with my son. Like, this is supposed to be like a movie about like family and like, yeah. you know, relationships with dad. So I was like, I'd, I'll save this and I'll, I'll go see it with my wife. And all of a sudden, like we're down in Vegas and everything shuts down. Mm. And so, yeah, that was, uh, I really enjoyed watching that. We've watched it a couple times. My son kind of likes it. Um, my kid, so this is interesting. My kids, I took them to see it at theater um 
I wouldn't say they weren't interested, but they didn't they didn't follow along. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like like they would with Frozen. You right. You know what I'm saying? But I got to tell you, dude, that movie hits different when you have kids, oh, right? Oh, for real. <laughs> like, uh, especially if you're a dad. Yeah. I think it hits pretty different if you're a yeah. dad. But it's a good one. Yeah. Like so, that. like, my wife's dad passed away, and so, like, that was pretty an emotional watch for my wife. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and, like, it was an emotional watch for me. Just, like, yeah, like you said, like, having kids, it kind of hits different. But my son didn't really enjoy it the first time, but, like, we've watched it after, and he actually sat down and, like would watch it mm. um man i'm trying to think of like what else i've watched so can i i, I just thought of something that i watched that i really liked yeah uh it's called making it have you heard of it no okay so this is pretty cool it's uh i'm pretty sure it's an nbc show um it's on hulu now but i think they're gonna like put it on uh the peacock or whatever their, okay. their streaming thing is um what it is is it's a game show slash reality show um, hosted by Amy Poehler oh, and cool. uh, and uh, Ron Swanson. What what's his real name? I forget. Uh, Nick Offerman. Nick Offerman. And the premise of the show is they take a bunch of contestants. I think it's like eight people, and they run them through different challenges where they make things, and they're just basically creators. Like some people yeah. are painters, and some people are craftsmen, and whatever. They all. Oh like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen this. Yeah, yeah, it's really cool. Cool. And it's like a really positive show. So like, if you're kind of tired of like drama and all the negativity, and negativity yeah. things. Like even though it's a game show, like they make fun of the whole like. You know, it's a cutthroat business or whatever. And then they like quick pan over to the the contestants all like helping each other. With, with yeah. Other, it's, it's really cool. That's it's cool. cool um, you did mention earlier that I've been rewatching stuff. I just remembered I rewatched Avatar The Last Airbender because it came <gasps> on Netflix. Yes. And you watched it. I don't think you I finished did. it. I'm not quite done yet, but okay. I'm almost there. I Man. forgot what season I'm on. Dude, I forgot how much I love that show. It's a classic. I think that is, I mean... I mean, it's a kid's cartoon for sure. Like, I watched right. it when I was a kid. I think I was, um, I want to say 12 when it first came out, when the first season came out. Mm. And so I watched the first two seasons. Yeah. And I caught the third season later. I think it was when I was in college. Man, it holds up. Yeah, it's really And, like, good. I feel like the messages that it sends now are super important. Like, um, you know, like, overcoming differences, like, yeah. treating others with respect, like, um, like it hits on some pretty heavy topics like loss, genocide, um, yeah. like, like losing uh, a parent. Yeah. Family dynamics. Like a lot of it. Yeah. What? Okay. So do you, cause you watched that and you watched Legend of Korra, didn't you? Did oh you yeah. Finish that? Um, what's a comparable TV show to like Avatar? I don't know if there is one that's like accessible to kids. That's also, I mean, it's like. I it's can't like, think of anything that's accessible to kids that kind of has like these same themes. It's like it's almost like Sesame Street, except like because okay, let me back up because Sesame Street obviously it's like for younger children, right? Um, but like the same way Sesame Street or like Mister Rogers Neighborhood like deals with serious issues, but they like um, present it to a younger audience. Yeah, except Avatar does it in like a story format, so it's almost like. I don't know if that's making sense. I can't really think of, and like, forgive me for, I'm sure that there's some other type of anime, because like, this is right. something like anime does a really good job with, is like, it can hit really heavy topics, but like, put it like in a mystical setting. 
Yeah. Um, so that way, like, it still is, like, very entertaining, but, like, it can still hit those heavy topics. Um, man, I can't really, like, it's think a- of anything else. It's, like, the only other animes that I've really watched are, like, Dragon Ball Z. And right. then I've, like, when I was a kid, like, I grew up with Pokemon. So I, like, saw, like, yeah. the first several seasons of Pokemon. And so, like, even Pokemon, you know, like, it hits on, like, some heavy topics. But, like... It's not the same. It's, like, <laughs> Pikachu hitting um like team rocket with like a thunder shock <laughs> and yeah. then blasting off like every single episode like it's just not the same nah. as avatar and like avatar has like very light moments like right you know like um ang wanting to go penguin sledding and stuff like that but yeah. like at the same time like it's a race against time to like save the world from like this evil tyrannical dictator who wants to like commit genocide against like the other kingdoms or groups or whatever or races? I'm not sure how you want to classify them. Right. Um. Anyway, yeah, it's just very. It's a great, great show. Like if you haven't seen it, if you have kids that are like over the age of seven, I feel like that's probably like where you could start watching them and them understanding the themes. Yeah. Sit down and watch it with your kids because it's a lot. Like it really is a lot of fun. I really, really, really enjoyed it. Yeah. Um. I also really enjoyed the Legend of Korra. Um, it's one season longer. Um, it totally hits on like those same topics. Like the second season, I would like hold up with like anything uh, from Avatar. From Avatar. Wow. Yeah, and the okay. first season, like it starts super slow because um, they're like trying to like do this world building, like to show like all the changes that like that world has gone right. through. So the first like three or four episodes are super slow, but like it picks up around like episode five or six, and like. From episode six to like the end of season two uh-huh. is fantastic. Interesting. Um, season three like has its moments, um, but like it kind of drags a little bit. Same yeah. with season four. Um, but like I love the ending of it. Like it's so good. I'm not going to spoil anything, but like it hits on like s- some topics that like no children's shows hit on. Yeah, that's true. It was very innovative. And so I really enjoyed it. I think. Uh... I think we don't have to worry about spoiling things because I feel like we we like these animes, right? Yeah. But if anyone hasn't seen it, they've probably tuned out by now. Yeah. Even like, okay, I'm gonna t- I'm gonna share another thing that I that I thought was really good that I watched, and it's an anime too. Okay. I freaking love anime. Um, do you uh, have you seen? Uh, it's called um, Your Name. It's like a. I haven't. It. It's a. It was a release in Japan. Is like a full length movie, 2016. Won a bunch of awards and it's, uh, wait, 2016, maybe 2018. Anyways, it's really good. If you haven't seen any of these shows and you are slightly interested in anime, go watch them. Avatar, uh, your name. They're all great stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And like Avatar is not really traditional anime, but like. It's like, it, a, it, yeah. It's kind of like a Western version of anime. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. It yeah. does. And I mean, it's a very good serialized um story yeah that, like is understandable yeah yeah um i yeah i highly recommend it the last thing that we're going to talk about um movie wise uh, is palm springs now hemma you saw like yeah. the first half hour of it <laughs> um it's pretty entertaining yeah um i think it's the best movie i've seen in quarantine really yeah best original movie new movie best new movie yeah, yeah okay uh it is rated r right yeah. Um, so fair warning if you're not into that kind of stuff. But it is hilarious. Yes. I think it's really funny. I haven't finished it. 
so once you finish it, we're actually going to do, and I'm not going to spoil anything, but um, there's a there's a subgenre of movie that it is. We're going to talk about that. We're going to do an episode ranking this subgenre of movies. Dope. And so um, once Hema finishes it, and uh, yeah, that'll be um, a couple weeks out. But excited to talk about it. Um, the other thing that like we've both been into um, is like a lot of music. Yeah. And so, like, what have been, like, your quarantine jams that you've been listening to? Okay. So, I've kind of gone – I know historically on this podcast, we've talked about, like, different releases of, like, mm-hmm. albums that have come out. And I'm not really going to do that. In fact, I'm going to go pick out, like, uh, certain artists that I've been listening to on repeat that are, like, um, fairly new. And I hope that people haven't heard of them. It'll be like okay. kind of like a gems sort of yeah. thing, like music that we've found. Um, so do you want to go first to stuff you've been listening to or do you want me to go? Yeah. Um, so like the first thing I've been listening to is like a lot of like um, I have this playlist on Apple Music called Easy Rock. Okay. And it's um, kind of just like uh, like not like heavy rock, but just like rock music from like the 70s to 90s it's just kind of like okay um not like quite like yacht rock but just like a little bit softer so it's like the eagles um some like fleetwood mac um but like one song that like randomly is in there that i really like is this song called walking in memphis by mark cone oh yeah and i just i don't even know like it it's not like a huge a hit song. but like i actually like really like like that song and so um, that was like a playlist I listened to a lot when I was like finishing my basement. And like, I just remember like the couple days that I spent painting, um, I like rolled my basement. So like, it took like a long time to do yeah. and like, I just did it by myself. And so like every time that song would pop up on like my playlist, I'm like, Oh yeah. Walking in Memphis, you know? <laughs> um, so I've, yeah, that's like one song that oh, like, shoot. sorry, I, I, uh, really enjoyed during quarantine, but like the Eagles, or sorry, just Eagles. Um, they're not the Eagles. They're just oh, Eagles. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and a lot of Fleetwood Mac. Like I really like Fleetwood Mac. Dope. Um. Yeah, that's I like that twist. I thought you were gonna pick like new guys or new artists or whatever. But no, dude, I just been listening to, like an, a lot of like older stuff, man. Okay, cool. I dig it. Um, okay, the first person I'll start out with. Um, she's kind of blowing up on the scene. Uh, her name is Benny. She's from New Zealand. So okay, that's cool. how I discovered her was she was on my, a New Zealand playlist, you know, months ago. And now she's just getting to the U.S. This song called Super Lonely is really good. I know Um, another band that I've been listening to, it's an artist and his name is Thundercat. Dude's a bass player. This like crazy black guy that like wears like cat ears and stuff like that. But dude, yeah. dude plays like a seventh stringed bass and sings while he's playing. And his songs are really groovy. Um, he's got a song called Dragon Ball Do Rag. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think of what else I've been listening to. Uh, I actually really randomly liked Lady Gaga's new album. Oh yeah. She came out with a song 
with uh, Ariana Grande, her brain on me. Brain on me. It's like good. Uh, I listen to it like when I'm like running. Interesting. It's like a good like upbeat like if you okay. want to like pick up the tempo a little bit. Cool. Um, I also want to listen to like a lot of Foo Fighters. Like I just, Foo I'm Fires. not someone who's like into like super new music. Um, I think you've gotcha. kind of gathered that from like just working with me for a yeah. long time. Like, um, I just like dude. My favorite band is like Third Eye Blind. Like I could just like listen to Third Eye Blind all the time. Yeah. Like their early stuff is so good. Like. Man, I just I get so bummed thinking about like what if like they never broke up, dude. They even the the album that they came out with before they broke up or whatever, yeah, is pretty dope. I I like them. Yeah, a lot. like I think like their like their first album like that's named after the band Third Eye Blind. Uh-huh. They just had, like a twentieth anniversary with like some like the tracks that they were recorded like back um, before and mm-hmm. like just like those recordings are so good. Like yeah. man, I just I love them. Like. Uh, what was the other thing? Oh, uh, you kind of made fun of me a little bit for this, but like <laughs> I liked Machine Gun Kelly's song. Oh yeah, uh, Bloody Valentine, where like it basically like led to Megan Fox leaving her husband. Yeah. Um, but like. I just saw, I remember I saw Megan Fox like trending on Twitter one day. I was like, okay, what's this all about? And so I look on Twitter and she's like, uh, like, it's like Megan Fox like is starring in a music video by Machine Gun Kelly. I'm like, what? It's like huh. Megan Fox. I was like, I haven't thought about her for like 10 years. Yeah. I was like, man. So I like go in there. It is the most 2006 song I've ever heard in my entire life. Right. Down to the point of like having Megan Fox in the music video. <laughs> like it sounds like anything that like it sounds like something like all time low or something yeah. like what it came out with. Like That's it's a very good... like mid two thousand six like pop punk emo. Yeah. Um, from Machine Gun Kelly, which is crazy. Which is weird because like he's like a rapper. I don't right. even know like any other songs that like he does. Yeah. Like I just know the name. Right. But I know that like he's supposed to be like a rapper, but like yeah, I thought that song was kind of a bop yeah interesting that's yeah. wild um, um yeah dude this is great we could go on and on because like i've we've both had the opportunity to listen to a lot of music like during this yeah time. my biggest thing i've been listening to like the last couple of weeks is like hamilton like yeah like i always like on my commute home like i have to listen to at least one hamilton song yeah i feel you i like it yeah should we wrap it up yeah let's wrap it this it's is, late it's late um we uh we have a lot going on. Um we got a big week ahead of us, so we gotta rest up, man. Yep. Gotta rest up. So uh thank you everyone for coming along for the ride. It's been good to have you back the last couple weeks. It's good to be back in the studio. Um I've obvi- obviously him and I have seen a lot of each other, but um yeah, reach out um and uh just say hi uh to all of our listeners out there. We wanna hear from you. Uh, want to get some love, some feedback. Tell us what we're doing good and what you want us to change. And uh, we're happy to be back. Yep. But thanks for sticking with us. Sting- thanks for riding through. I am Hema Himaly Jr. He's Zach Haken. Good night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>